Howdy there, folks, and welcome to The Random Men, where two experts in nothing talk about everything. What does it mean when a subculture becomes mainstream? What was once considered rebellious, geeky, or niche will always find its 15 minutes of fame, and more importantly, profitability. And maybe that's just the natural order of things. With the ability to consume any form of media at any time, for most of the world anyway, we now have the ability to dive as deep as we want to go in just about any genre, along with having it pushed in our face by corporations looking for that almighty dollar. And while we're definitely not the first to pose the question, it is our topic today. So get ready, because today, two random men discuss, has nerd culture become too mainstream? Here we go. So the question I posed to you today, um, I was watching a video the other day, and it was with Chris Gore, and it was on Film Thread, I believe. And he was asked the question, is nerd culture over? And you can go watch that video. It's really good. He makes some really good points. And that's why I kind of brought that to you today, was to ask, we had done a video, I think, in episode one, where we did kind of nerd culture then and now, or in season one. Yeah, it's been a while. Yeah. Um, and yeah, we talked in, in about nerd culture and like a, just the kind of idea about how things have progressed over the years and what it meant to be nerd culture uh, yeah, back I, way back and, you know, how, like I said, how, how it's progressed now. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think that's a really good question, especially with so much that's going on in the world nowadays that the whole idea of nerd culture, is that even really a thing anymore or has it become so mainstream to where... It's just pop culture. It, yeah, just pop culture now. Yeah, and that, that's that's the question we need to kick around is, is it, I almost feel like how you would be as a fan of the NFL or Major League Baseball, where you have different levels now of fandom. Mm-hmm. We're used to, I mean, still, it, it is that way where it's all in of, you get two two nerds, two geeks together, it's almost a who knows more competition true even if you are best friends and true. it's like minded it's oh you're like to check each other on facts true so is it too far to of a reach to say think about it like the difference between a hardcore fan and a fair weather fan mm-hmm. do you spend all your time remembering statistics from six years ago and players from 1992 or do you just enjoy watching the game and yeah. i think that's kind of what mainstream nerd culture has become now is the Fairweather fans who absolutely, if you enjoy it, I'm, it's not my right to claim it for myself. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> if you enjoy it, good. Then, then great. Or anybody's right to tell you, you can't enjoy going to see a Spider-Man film or a exactly. Batman film. Um, I think we've mentioned it once or twice on here where me and you are, are kind of oddballs because we can do so much of what you would consider the traditional, I guess, uh, nerd culture where like you, you are a huge trick fan. Mm-hmm. Me, you know, uh, I like to believe that I know more about X-Men than what just about anybody else is going to come up to me and talk about. Uh, but then, like, I love football. I love baseball. I know, you know, what's going on in the world of all that kind of stuff. Um, oh, yeah. I'm always having to turn to you to ask questions. I'm like, hey. Yeah. Uh, but there's so many different things that, like I said, it it might be weird because we do enjoy, like I said, the traditional nerd type stuff, but then there's so many other things that we really love. Uh, we've talked about music on here yeah. you know, many, many times. Um, I think in your case, you're an information hound. 
you love information and stats, whether that be and a comic book character, football. You love consuming. I love knowing the backstory to just about everything. Whether it be, you know, That's about fair. comic books, whether it be about sports, whether it be about uh, music, whether I mean, any, any you know, thing you can think of. I just like knowing where it came from, what it's yeah. all about, how did it get here, you know, that kind of thing. I, I'd love and that. And see, 40 years ago, that would have been an odd duck. That would have been a strange unicorn beast, which now <laughs> I think that's the majority, too, of fandom. Like, if you're, you used to walk into a man cave, mm-hmm. and that meant sports memorabilia. Or it was just uh, video games, or just, uh, you know, the, the guy that might have just, you know. Sci-fi collectibles. Yeah, different stuff like that. Now it's a hodgepodge. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um Everybody, this is my nerd wall. My yeah, <laughs> my nerd wall uh, in my house and well, in the room we call the music room because one whole side has nothing but guitars lined up on it, and then the other side is literally anything that you could think of from uh, sci-fi and comics and sports and uh, replicas of just different things mm-hmm. that really don't go uh, fall into necessarily a category. A lot of historical items, uh, just different, all kinds of different stuff. A- anybody that's ever come to the house and looks at that wall they're like that's a pretty interesting grouping of stuff <laughs> yeah every shelf has a different theme yeah, exactly uh no no i do it cool i mix everything up everything's all mixed together but yeah I, I don't think i don't think that there's anything that really nowadays is is gonna differentiate between what we would call the nerd culture because like i said you could be a nerd where you enjoy something that maybe other people don't get it or get the idea. I think um, everybody getting defensive about it needs to be let go. It's not yours to own. You agreed. loved it for years. It's agreed. now in the hands of everyone and you accept it or you look like a bitter ass. Hmm. Yeah. Cause you, you think know, about share, that, we... share the wealth of knowledge. <laughs> you know, it's, it's nice now having where somebody can walk up and ask you a question and you actually do get to dump that information, even though most of the time they'll go, okay, that's, that's, Way more than I need to know. Plenty like, beyond whoa, what I asked. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, look at what we get now in mainstream media to enjoy. Yeah, a True. lot of it is cookie cutter. A lot of it is done very poorly. Um, yeah. yeah. Those, yeah. you know, we know those three. Uh, yeah. But we're we're getting it, and we wouldn't have when we were kids in the 90s. Very true. You know, we were lucky to get a Spawn film. <laughs> yeah, no joke. Uh, so... When you first kind of approached me about this episode, and we were kind of talking about it the other day, I kind of thought, you know, where did some of the fandom, where did the idea of a lot of the stuff originate from? Like we said earlier, I kind of like knowing, like, where, mm-hmm. where, where did that get started at? Uh, and I think for the basis of nerd culture, okay, most of the time... Can I guess just being biased? Uh, sure. Star Trek conventions? Well, not even they weren't conventions when they started. They, it was mostly just like a couple dozen people getting together. Well, or am I very far off? That's a that's a, a big portion of it, but it actually goes way back, way further than that. Really? So, when someone talks about you know nerd culture, um, a lot of times you think uh, fantasy writings, uh, of course, you know comic books, video games, um, anime. Tech. I would think just, any kind know, of escapism. Yeah. Um, 
literature probably where it had to start. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, so yeah, you, you think about those those are the kind yeah. of things that immediately pop up when you say, you know, a, a nerd when, culture. Or when you like get that. made fun but, of for watching your shows, mm-hmm. you know, you go back in time before shows, and it was making fun of him reading. Oh, he's very into Tom Sawyer. You know, he's very into the time machine and well, so you're spending all your time reading these science fiction novels and not doing your chores. You think about some Boy. of the earliest uh, sci-fi fantasy that we know of. And, you know, we're not the most uh, astute astute when it comes to uh, a lot of... We're just two normal guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> there's there's a whole lot of, like, literature that we've never read. But anyway, when you think about a lot of the early on stuff, you think of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, you think of the works of Tolkien, you think uh, Jules Byrne, H.G. Uh, Wells, stuff like that, mm-hmm. right? Absolutely. And you probably think, like, hey, hey, that's probably some of the earliest that we know of. Yeah, I can't, I can't writing, think of right? anything earlier. No, I mean, Mary Shelley's, like, yeah, that's pretty OG. That's 1818. Like, that's back there. Oh, shites. Yeah, we talked, yeah, yep. yeah. So, I mean, that's all coming back to me now. That's cool. But a lot of people don't know about what's called the Penny Dreadfuls. That was sci-fi and horror. A lot of people don't know about what's called the Penny Dreadfuls. Now, Wonderful television program. I say, most people have heard of the show. <laughs> but the Penny Dreadfuls, it was a weekly publication done in the 1830s. That's... And it was all like Ooh. fantasy writing. It's like making good use of the printing press there. Mm-hmm. Like back... To, you know, it was... It was started... And weren't they like little dime store, almost pamphlets that were just short stories? Yeah. Am I uh, correct in, in that? Yeah. They would write these, like I said, they'd be weekly. Uh, some of the ones that we've got, uh, like Sweeney Todd, for example. That's came kind of, from a Penny Dreadful. Came, yep, came from a Penny yeah. Dreadful. Um, so sometimes somebody, they would be adventure stuff. Sometimes they'd be a little bit more like sci-fi. Uh, somebody just took stuff. a fantasy loose, mm-hmm. let's use mm-hmm. fantasy loosely, and, was, and just made a story weekly for people to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was, um, like I said, a, a fantasy writing. Well, of course... You think about it being that old nowadays, you'd be like, "Oh, I bet those people were made fun of when they were reading it." No, it was huge. Everybody loved it. Well, like everybody looked for it week to it week. Was, yeah, it was marketed more towards like younger working men. Mm-hmm. Um, but most everybody read them. And so it was that was like, the water cooler talk on Monday. Was the jury yeah, the, the Penny Dreadful on Friday that exactly. we picked the corner? So it was very accepted. Oh. Um, for people to to be reading their Penny Dreadfuls. Well, in eighteen ninety. They started the Halfpenny Marvels. Okay. Now don't get okay. don't think Marvel like hey it was no. Marvel's not been around that Marvel's long. Marvel's a was fantastic they, word that they that could... was what they used uh, in the description. Marvels of industry. But these were half a penny, so they were half the price. <laughs> hey, a penny back in the day that was uh, wait a minute something. How do you half a penny? Well, do you mm, gotta buy two? A, a bit. I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea how that works. It's two anyway. bits. I think you're. You, I think you're right. We're not. <laughs> back in those days, monies were a lot different. Than monies was weird. Monies. <laughs> the yeah. monies was weird. Anyway, so you had something that was half the price, but they were less uh, written word. It was more pictures. So what does that make you think of? That would be a the first comic books. Yes. And this was and when this is uh, the the half pennies were eighteen nineties. Is when they so first started. right about turn of the century well, you start getting and, your first. You know, there was a lot of people that couldn't read back then. Good point. 
And so it became this other huge phenomenon where people could go get him. Like, I don't read good, so I can read a little bit, but I'm reading the I pictures. I can enjoy the I'm stories. the stories by yeah. watching the pictures. So you think about everything before that. Let's, you know, let's go back to the Iliad. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you had to be schooled. Everything in... was passed down orally. Well, yeah. All the yeah, stories. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, like humans... I'm kind of loosely dancing around this, but the humans have always enjoyed fantasy stories, Mm -hmm. you know, Odyssey, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Adventures of Sinbad. Those all were first oral stories. Everybody sit around, you know, bedtime stories for adults. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So humans liking fantasy stories has been around since forever. But then you flash forward a little bit and you get into like, you know, Mary Shelley doing Frankenstein. Um, that was something that a lot of people couldn't read. Oh yeah. Even, even if they just had a base knowledge, they wouldn't be able to read it because of the language and everything. So you have something like this comes out and now it's like, Oh, I don't, Oh man, you feel bad. Cause they want to enjoy Mary Shelley, but they can't read good. <laughs> so Derek Zoolander for, oh. for children who can't read good. And so, but they the, could enjoy those penny dreadfuls cause they half pennies. were half, half pennies. pennies. Okay. You came along, and yeah, you could enjoy it just for the pictures, for the most part, and figure out the story. And then that gave work to artists. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Not just the story writers, but that's, I guess, when you have artists working with writers. illustrators. Yep, yep, yeah, writers and oh, yeah, illustrators. Uh, illustrators yeah. working with writers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So then you jump forward a little, little more into uh, mid-20s. We start getting the pulp magazines. Mm-hmm. And these were like, uh, some of them were uh, weird tales, uh, amazing stories, stuff like that. That these ones were more centered around either, say, like, one pulp magazine might just be about fantasy writing. Another one might just be... Um, they could be from any different uh, genre. Yeah, yeah, and so they had all these different ones. Kind of like, like where we got things like Dick Tracy's Adventures. But these were like real magazines that, that they put out and people would enjoy. So we're building this kind of sci-fi crazy culture already already been going since 1818 yeah. all the way now here we're 100 years later and it's becoming now it's become more and more well now now we're talking about 1920s okay you say hey. I'm, I'm at the point i'm at right now okay. sorry. i'm sorry i'm sorry um, <laughs> uh now I'm we're sorry. talking 100 years later <laughs> and now it's becoming something that's even more out there out in the open for people to read people to see everybody's experiencing them of course then you start getting more and more into the actual comic book genre started getting when they started coming up with superman and of course even a bunch of superheroes even before that that got their starts in a lot of these pulp magazines but then that kind of is where started with then the true comic book characters that we know of and of course that jumps forward um they had their their good decades and their back bad decades where things were good and things were bad you know your golden age of comics and stuff you start getting into where they started putting things on the small screen and mm-hmm. even the big screen. Um, and that started like... Which made it much more palatable for the average consumer to walk into mm-hmm. a movie theater than a grown adult person carrying a briefcase going to walk into a comic book store to get their fantastic tales. Yeah, and so you'd go in there and, okay, now you could sit there and watch, you know, a, a comic book character movie and still enjoy it. Even though you might not actually read comic books. Uh, oh, yeah, that's the way, I mean, when, when they had to... Why do you think all these stories start off with the origin story? Mm-hmm. Well, they they did now up until recently, but for the past forty, you know, since 
Richard Donner Superman. Yeah. They kind of have to give you the backstory for the average person that doesn't know Superman came from Krypton. Yeah. Here's this. Ah, Bruce Wayne's parents were killed. Peter, Peter Parker bitten by a spider. Now everybody's on the same level of knowing how this happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now we're in such a time where you don't even have to tell the backstory. You just th- drop the character in, plop, right in the middle of a situation, and we all just go because your grandma knows mm-hmm. about Batman's parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, okay, now take a, a, a back step from the actual comic books for just a second. Uh, also during this time, you had uh, more and more movies that were coming up that were more genuinely sci-fi. It was more about outer space. It was more about robots. It was more, you know, those kind of shows. Of course, you know, we eventually get to Star Trek. We to Star Trek. Um, but even these big budget movies were movies based like off... Kubrick took it highbrow. Yeah. You know, with 2001, which is a sci-fi movie. And so, like I said, you're, you're talking about this time, you have these movies that are spending lots of money on it. And, of course, now we go back and look at them and we think, oh, it's campy or the the special effects weren't very good. But at the time, that was like the best of the best. It was damn good for what it was. And uh, another just little side note, during this time, anime over in Japan was starting to become bigger and bigger. And they were starting to spend more and more money on the anime type stuff. And it was just starting to get introduced a little bit over here with a little show called Astro Boy. Astro Boy. When Astro Boy, which uh, was... Uh, Mighty Adam is what it was called in Japan. But when we came over here, and of course, you know, you had the Disney cartoons and, and stuff like that. But here comes this new show that it's like, whoa, where, where did this come from? Like it's totally different than totally anything different anybody than anything. had seen before. And Astro Boy was a huge success. Uh, everybody loved it. Do whatever. Shortly after that, um, kind of in the same vein, before I move on to the next thing, is you got Mach Go Go Go, also known as Speed Racer. <gasps> And so this is go speed racer go. This is mid sixties, is when this is going yeah. on. Yeah. Okay. So, so our animation is things we, like Flintstones, Tom and Jerry. Uh. So again, here we go. We're starting <laughs> and to have, you have action cartoons. Okay. We have these comic book characters that are starting to become you know Snagglepuss. Get into their uh, into their limelight and even starting to be in movies. You have the movies that are being made that are all about sci-fi. Space exploration, robots, stuff like that. You have anime starting to come over here. So, like, you get, like, at this point, you're talking about, like, in the 60s, man, everything was starting to kind of come around to this whole idea of, like, this nerd culture now. It's a melting pot of... But still, even then, everybody was okay with it. Like, there was no shaming anybody. There was no anybody looking bad on it. So, when do you think that became the norm of the 70s? The 70s and then the 80s? The Fonz. Happy days? Yeah. Yeah. Think about it. You're gonna blame you're gonna blame Henry Winkler for this? The, the term <laughs> nerd was actually okay, there's a lot of a lot of people to debate a lot of it. So I'll just go with one of the When did it ones. become popularized? But, uh Dr. Seuss. Uh ooh, I can't remember which one it is now. I think it's the uh, the one about the circus. Anyway, and that forward. was when the yeah. term, uh, as far as a lot of people are concerned, really got started. Okay? So jump forward a little bit further. So I guess nerd was a weirdo. It was just something different. Okay. So then you start having uh, these television shows that are coming around. And, okay, the greasers were the cool kids or the or the badasses or whatever. Right. And anybody that the wasn't rebels. in that group was, oh, you're a nerd. You're a square. You're, you know, you're an outcast. Uh-huh. You're different. You know. You're not hip. You're not hip. You're not cool. 
And so that in in my research and my knowledge, that's kind of when the whole idea of a nerd started becoming a poindexter, a geek. A, a, a put down, a them them talking bad about you. Uh, it was not a good thing to be a nerd at that point. So we're talking all this way from 1818, at least, at the probably earlier than that, but all the way from there up until like the 60s and 70s, it was totally fine to be into all this. Enjoying fan fiction, or not fan fiction, but enjoying fiction writing. Exactly. Science fiction, um, fantasy, sword and uh, sorcery yeah, yeah. was totally fine for everyone to consume up until, until that late in the century. Yep. Damn. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Before it really kind of became a cultural thing where people started looking at being so, a nerd as not a good thing. Wait a minute. Think about it like this, then. That means that it was only kind of... That's mm, what I'm looking for here. Frowned upon or considered a... a eh. A taboo thing. Yeah, uh, a taboo thing for like only about like a 20, 30 year gap in 200 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was when it was taboo. That was when it was it was looked down on. The whole idea about being a nerd or yeah, or you liking your sci-fi or you liking whatever became this thing because and like I said, hey, I hate to say it, but yeah, the one I think of every time I look into this is yeah, with the Fonz doing it, calling someone a nerd, and then you had uh you know Greece and stuff like that. Well, that was yeah, a, I guess it was a little bit later, but anyway, that's yeah. So you're thinking like. Late 60s, early 70s is when it first kind of became taboo. I wonder how much of that was... Well, I would have thought hippie culture would have been kind of in on that. I mean, think of Lord of the Rings. I think... Enjoy, you know, the hippie culture How many Zeppelin all, songs like, yeah. are kind of influenced by Tolkien? By Tolkien and different stuff like that. Yeah, I don't think that... Yeah. Wow. Hippie no, that culture puts it had in any a, problem. In a different perspective for me that in, you know, a relative or, you know... 200 years, yeah. there's only this gap this wide where it is not accepted by mainstream. No. And don't get me wrong, I'm paraphrasing a lot of this oh, stuff yeah. right here. We can't, I mean, it was just stuff that, gonna, yeah. You can't track it down to the day. Um, actually thought about we need to do a whole episode on cartoons and anime because that was really cool. But so but anyway. from 60s, let's say the 60s and 70s, okay, when they really capitalized on it. Mm-hmm. And then we start moving into the late 80s, early 90s. Well, when you start thinking they about start the- seeing dollar signs. Well, Corporations start seeing dollar signs because people are pay- the the Star Wars toy line. Well, right yes. in and of itself, not just that it was a high grossing film, but that they put out one, two, then three films that made an exorbitant amount of money at the box office. But then people were buying toy lightsabers and action figures, and these are grown people with pocketbooks. They're yep. buying uh, Millennium Falcon replicas to make and so you start seeing all this money being made off of just the culture of oh these people didn't just spend their money in the cinema they're this is a lifestyle for them they're spending lots of dough let me back you up just for a second okay okay so we go back to okay star trek when star trek came out go to star trek of course in the 60s it only ran for an initial two seasons and then the whole fan thing came around where they talked the studios into bringing back for Mm -hmm. one more season before it was canceled. And you think about that. Now, comic book conventions, or I, I should say conventions. It was a, it was a con. Themselves, a con yeah. conventions in, the, in their own right, depending on whatever you wanted to Fan believe. Fan gatherings yeah. in those days. Um, they had actually been going on since like the 20s and 30s, where people were getting together and just showing their love for whatever this 
thing was. Mm-hmm. When it came time to do... Can you imagine some, like, boss-ass Lord of the Rings 1960s backroom dress-up early-day cosplay drop an acid drug-fueled sword <laughs> fights party? And, yeah. And sword fights wow. with somebody. Who mm. are you supposed to be? Sexy Gollum. And there's just a bunch of high hobbits <laughs> on a couch. No. <laughs> can't do Sexy Gollum. They've done sexy everything. Uh, okay. Anyway. Um... <laughs> So, Sorry, my mind goes yeah. to weird places. Uh, so yeah, sixties and seventies uh, conventions started getting yeah, much much bigger, much more popular, uh, and it was just a great way for people to come together and just show their love for whatever it was, whatever whatever that thing might have been. Now you also started getting people that were going, "Oh, I can exploit this a little bit." That was going to be my next question. When and the corporations I, started coming in, or maybe not even maybe corporations, but say, sponsors. Well, I was going to say, maybe I shouldn't say exploit, but people that now are like, oh, I can market certain things to these to these people because they're not just going to go to the movies and see this movie or buy this comic book or... Uh, Novels? Yeah, whatever. Anyway, um, of course, at this time, too, you started having mass-produced toy lines for different things. And that was a big part of it, whether it be sci-fi, comic books, anime, stuff like that. You start getting more and more retail items that are popping up. Oh, yeah. Fast forward to today, and it's keychains and lunchboxes and t-shirts. Everything. And, and yeah. literally everything. A, a package that's yep. dropped on your mm-hmm. doorstep will have a comic book character or a film hero mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. plastered or, all over. Yeah, anime character. Yeah, anything like that. Like Anything you can think of is going to be plastered on everything. Uh, but the comic conventions, when I keep saying comic book convention, I'm sorry, fan conventions were a great way, like I said, for everybody to get together and to show their love and appreciation for whatever it was. And then it started kind of morphing into it wasn't, oh, we're not just going to have a comic book convention or a Star Trek convention. It kind of started getting to where we can, hey, we can bring kind of everybody together and yeah. kind of mold all this into one big group setting where... We're all just here to enjoy the love of all these things. And I know like when me and you went to the only real convention that we've been to, which was in Dallas, and it was a blast. We had a great time with it. It's a mishmash of everything because if you like one thing, chances are you're going to like a a multitude of different things. And we were walking around like kids in a candy store the entire time. Yeah. (laughs) Just enjoying And that was the point in the old days before there was any way to reach out to people. That was where you met like-minded individuals that you could be on the same page with. At least mm-hmm. you knew that mm-hmm. we were kind of in the same wheelhouse of our likes. Yeah. Which, switch that over to today, it's just people. I mm-hmm. mean, it, it's... I don't think it would be as uh, in the same lane. Does that make sense? Oh, like, yeah, uh, yeah. Just because you and I or me and Joe Blow on the street meet up and we go to the same film, we talk about the same thing while we're waiting in line, that might be the only thing we have in common. Yeah. Um, so, uh, speaking of uh, film, you get to the 80s, and now you start getting this surge of the quote-unquote nerdy hero. Well, think about this. And that, that's when home video came into play. Mm-hmm. So, not just for fiction, sci-fi, fantasy, but for the introduction of people that could become, like, cinephiles and movie buffs 
that weren't a film critic or something like that. That before you had to go to a movie theater and see the film, and that was when you got to see it. Yeah. Or if you were lucky, like you were saying earlier before we started, if it came on cable television was yeah. when you could. But even you, if you did have uh, you know the early early subscription places, they they still only had a small yeah. catalog, so you just had to hope and look out that you got to see this yeah. stuff. Where of course nowadays, it's not that way. Anybody can drop any movie to you and be like, hey, man, you need to check this out. And I can go pull it up on online or on my TV and find it somewhere and I can watch it. Yeah. Yeah. It couldn't word of mouth me go, I check out, uh, I saw this movie called Buckaroo Banzai and it's completely batshit crazy, but you've got to check it out. <laughs> and you would have no way to go get it other than being able to go get a VHS kiss, uh, tape of it and watch it at home yeah. and go, ah, he's right. Yes. So, yeah, having the the rental stores where you could actually go pick it up, yeah, it was great because you could go in there and find a, a good chance you could find just about well, anything. Just on a Friday night walking around browsing and say, I've never seen this, and yeah. the cover art looks wackadoo, I'm going to check it out. And then on Monday, again, water cooler talk, you're telling your buddy, you got to go check out this movie. Mm -hmm. It was it was weird, but fantastic. But then you think about, like I said earlier, with the late 70s and into the 80s, then it started becoming this thing where you could have this nerdy character that actually ends up being your hero, and people just fell in love with them. I mean, okay, sorry, the first one's going to kind of pop up in my head, um, is Back to the Future. And some people wouldn't look at Marty McFly as a nerd, but he was bullied a lot. He was kind of considered an outcast in his group. Um, <laughs> but yet you rooted for this dude hardcore you think about like revenge of the nerds which i mean didn't exactly help the stereotype mm -hmm. <laughs> by any means but you had these characters that shouldn't be the hero that now they are matthew broderick war games computers yeah. oh yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, that was another thing right? geek as used for someone that was into technology in mm -hmm. the 80s early mm -hmm. 90s now everybody has a computer in their pocket and you don't go three minutes without looking at it yeah and you think back in those days if you weren't you know Conan the Barbarian or Rambo or, you know, one of those guys like, oh, you're not a yeah. hero. A more masculine mm -hmm. gun-toting or sword-wielding character, you couldn't be the hero. No, of course, you're 100% correct, man. What if I was going to tell you, uh, hey, here's this movie. Get this new kid comes to town. He's viewed as an outcast. Nobody really likes him. They're not treating him well. But somehow he has to turn around and he ends up becoming the hero of the story. The reluctant hero. And uh, at the end, you know, basically saves the day, changes things, does whatever. Okay? Okay. Now, I don't know what movie you've got in your head, because that could be so many different ones. That's, uh, <laughs> that's a pretty... That's a pretty... very broad... Uh... See, I was thinking Footloose. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you think about some of these, and like... But, but you're talking about them projecting the... Really project the audience member mm -hmm. into the character on screen, mm -hmm. but, right? Because before that, you have John Wayne, and you've got, yeah. you know, bigger-than-life characters that you couldn't really relate to. Yeah, now you're starting to get characters that you can relate to. Yeah. I think Matthew Broderick in War Games mm -hmm. was a computer nerd. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And especially coming into, like, the 80s when computer... Geek, you know, mm -hmm. techno geek, and all, and all that was... People that sat at home on their computers and played games. You're not going to think them as the hero. You're not going to put them, you know, before that it was all sword and machine gun. Yeah. Yeah, so I think... Uh, so then you get a lot more techno hero. You kind of get into that part and it's like, oh, look at this. Now, 
back to the the main part of the topic is we're talking about is the nerd culture idea you know turning into something different is becoming just more pop culture or everyday uh stuff but i, I think yeah i think it's a big thing to talk about like a bunch of this kind of give a little history on give all a little of it. history you know uh, uh bring up some of the yeah well i think most past. people every man or woman whether when they were a little a teenager or something they they gravitated to like we were saying earlier with storytelling enjoys fiction mm-hmm. and then when fiction is brought out of literature onto where you can see it on a screen you can see it on a television screen mm-hmm. that opens it up to so much so many more eyes especially so much more volume. you can somehow relate to yeah yeah well i mean look when you had characters like superman batman uh what are you saying? I can't relate to Flash. Superman? No, I don't think you can. <laughs> I don't want to. You're not Superman. a journalist. Superman's, That's why you can't. Superman's not. You my... don't work in a newsroom. Um, Superman's not my favorite. So yeah, yeah but I mean, that. look at <laughs> you know in in when Watchmen came out, mm-hmm. you know, just think of '80s Reaganomics and all that stuff. They didn't take bright shiny. They gave you dark and a, a thinking person's. Mm-hmm. superhero you know peter parker mm-hmm. great example of nerd beat down by life has to keep the secret that he's awesome costs he him everything yeah. he doesn't have all the money that batman has or yeah. iron man or why he is can, you know get away with all this crazy stuff he's got to why is he one of the most iconic recognizable characters let's go back before marvel universe before sony before all of that kind of stuff Everybody knew who Spider-Man was. Your mom, was your grandma knew. That's the, most the Spider-Man. Little, that's like the most relatable character, I think, of all of them. Because, I mean, at some point in your life... He's just a person were, trying to get by. Yeah, when you were younger, yeah, of course, you looked at, you know, these different characters and thought, man, we could be a superhero. But it's like, this is what it would be like if you would have been at, you know, 14 years old, if you would have been turned into a superhero. This is what you would have had to deal with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what you have to be doing. <laughs> It's not the stopping the bad guy that's Today the bad Today is like a, yeah. a tubby dad. I'd have to deal with yeah. a lot more problems. I go out here and stop, you know, 10 super villains all at the same time when I get home and Aunt May yells at me because I forgot to pick up milk. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, was like, I might get yelled at if I forgot milk too. Damn it. <laughs> but so with that, with the relating to the every person, mm-hmm. makes it more accessible, which makes it profitable. Absolutely. And then when you have things like, you know... Star Wars being a blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Aliens was no slouch itself. Yeah. You know, 70s. We get into the 80s. Everybody is trying to capitalize on sci-fi and fantasy because it hits so hard with everyone. Yeah. It's in everybody's lap. It's in everybody's face. It's on every lunchbox. It's on every McDonald's packaging. It's it's literally everywhere. You can't drive down the street without seeing a billboard. Mm-hmm. That's the path that leads us to where we are today, where it's just acceptable, and everyone is kind of in the nerd wheelhouse in one way or the other. Yeah, because you have so much of this now to where everybody knows, I mean, they might not know the in-depth, intricate details, but they know, like I said, they know who Spider-Man is, they know who, most most people know who, say, Goku is, they know who, you know yeah. what I mean? Like they, yeah, just, they know yeah. who Goku is. <laughs> yeah. He's on a, it's... It's hilarious. If, yeah. if you go in right now, we go into your living room and just turn on the TV to whatever channel it's on, there's a high probability. I would say 40% that 
that it's going to be on some kind of what we would consider nerd culture content. Oh, well, yeah. It's going to be a superhero film, movie, television show, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. anime. And but if we not, can't really claim it for... But say, well, even if not, it's probably going to be something that you look at it and you go, couldn't that be a nerd culture thing too? Well, like, anything can. Yeah. I mean, anything that you are truly vested in, that you are passionate about... Anything that's not you a can take it to a romance level. or a film noir or a, a history content, it has to fall into the genre of fandom. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, there's yeah. there's more of that category that takes up space than there is not. Yeah, that's true. So now it's just accepting that it is what was once considered nerd culture is just culture, just pop culture. Okay. Take this one, for example. So when we were kids, of course, man, let me take it back a little further than that. When the very first video games came out, you had to go to an arcade, right? Yep. Then yep, yep. they finally started bringing, bringing in the home, home platforms. consoles yep. that you could sit down and it was usually one or two players. And you might be able to sit there and play with, you know, your brother or sister, Maybe one of your parents, uh, or a friend. Split screen fights. Then shortly after that, you started getting where you had four player consoles and you could have the, the classic split screen. Anybody's ever played video games that were, uh, knows what I'm talking about where stop screen watching. Then you got to where people would set up consoles in different rooms and you could do land parties and stuff like that. And start getting more and more people involved in whatever. Then, of course, with the advancement in technology, you started getting to where you play online. Online and it opened blew it up. up. And it became this thing to where now it wasn't just a dude sitting in his basement playing or video lady. games. Or yeah, or a lady or whatever. Uh or you know, you're sitting there late at night, everybody else is asleep and you're sitting there playing or you doing whatever. Like now it became this thing where it's like it's so acceptable for you to be a gamer. Whether you're hardcore or, you know, just a beginner or just a weekend warrior style. Still, it, it came, like, it's so easy and accessible. Like, I can go, I have three consoles set up right now that I can go to at any moment and play a game and pick up yeah. in a game from somebody that's playing around the world. You could be somebody that stays in their room alone all the time and their only so- social interaction is with other gamers online. Yeah. Yeah. And... Back to what you were saying a minute ago about making, about, about the money, about, you know, that comes to it. Did you know that the gaming industry makes more money a year now than the movie and music industry put together? Damn, Gina. <laughs> That's... Yes. That is... I wouldn't have guessed both of them. Yeah. Both of them put together. But think about it. Think about how much money people spend. I mean, especially, you know, you go buy a new game, that's like 60 bucks, 60 bucks, whatever it is now. in-game spending. And then in-game spending, buying new consoles, buying controllers, buying, you know, accessories. People get into massive credit card debt with in-game spending, which is just (laughs) bananas for me to think about. Well, and then online uh, currency exchange from people having these things. Like, uh, you have some of these, you know, massive MMOs and different stuff where, oh, well, you're either paying somebody to, to farm for you. Uh, you're paying somebody to grind your character for you, or say you own a shop in this realm, and like people making money off of that. Like, I mean, it, it just it. There's so much currency flowing through gaming, and again, that was one of those things. Like, 
at one point that was considered to be kind of like a taboo, like, oh, you're sitting playing video games, oh, okay. And now it's like, everybody does it. Well, so sticking with the theme, we can safely say, I think, that the advancement in technology is what has taken it out of a niche format and brought it to mainstream. I agree. It's in everybody's pocket. I agree. It's accessible to everyone who doesn't have to go out and actively search to find the medium. What I was saying earlier about uh, when talking about Astro Boy, uh, when they started I keep thinking showing of that it, movie, the there was movie like a Astro reboot Boy? Astro. Am I thinking yeah. of Jimmy Neutron? Fuck, I don't no. know. No, there was an Astro Boy. Okay, uh, I'm not movie here not so long ago. I'm not going anyway, crazy. You think about that. Okay, you're talking about anime from Japan, and here's this show that gets brought over, and it's something unlike anybody had ever seen before. To think that was happening in the '60s. That you were having that cultural exchange, I guess, would be the proper term. Yeah, um, yeah, I'm down with that. And then, of course, it went from there, and you had, you know, all, all the, the mecha shows with, like, all like, the robots and stuff. And Voltron. the reason I'm saying this is because you've been to a you've been to a store, you've seen, like, some giant... I've been to a couple of stores. Some giant robot toy or whatever, and you're like, oh, man, that's really cool. And then you like you get to look at it, and you're like, oh, that's a that's a show. That's something I didn't know about. Okay, mm-hmm. how many people sat there and looked at that and went like, hey, that's really cool. I bought it, and then went, oh, that's an anime show. So now I'm going to get in, into that. I'm going to check it out and see what it is. And then became a they just because they saw a toy, then they became a fan of the anime. Yeah. That wasn't even word of mouth. Yeah, <laughs> that was just you saw something in the store. That was just product was cool. placement. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. So. You think about, like... That's why they slapped there was, Spider-Man on a Lunchables. Yeah, there was so much of that going on for so long that it was actually... It's actually kind of cool if you think about how much it spread around the world with all that. But then, yes, then we jump into, you know, the 2000s and stuff where technology has, you know, gone off the rails now toward, like you said, literally, it's in your pocket. Whatever you want to find, whatever you want, it's there. Yeah. If you tell me something's interesting, by the end of the day, I could have watched 12 episodes of it. Exactly. Yeah, so... The Massive consumption. Yeah, the advancement in, in tech has definitely made a huge, huge turnaround of like you like we've said the whole idea of this uh, this episode, whether it's nerd culture, or is it now more just regular culture? I want to get back to that, mm-hmm. but it's very important that we I get know, to we're, some, I know we're bouncing around. We get to something. Well, I mean, it's it's kind of a conversation that has to go all over the place. But I got a question for you, man. Okay. And I think it's time that we do the thing. Oh, well, let's do it. All right. It's time for Search Engine Results. For those of you familiar with the show, you know what time it is. For those of you who are just joining us for the first time, this is Search Engine Results. This is where I ask the all-powerful internet a question. I get the answer and then ask Keith three answers that he has to choose from. I give him, present him, place in front of him three answers that he has to choose from. And he has to try to guess the right one. He wins nothing but the respect of those Listening abroad. <laughs> Keith, are you ready to play? I am now. Oh, man. I get, okay. <laughs> I get mine once we finish. <laughs> All right, man. Keeping with today's theme. Here's a little nugget. In 1998, Sony purchased the film rights to Spider-Man from Marvel. Yes. How much did they pay for those film rights? Oh, shit. Okay. $10 million? Seven million dollars or fourteen million dollars. Hmm. Nineteen ninety eight. 
At the time, Marvel was going under, under, under. Yeah, I know they're having a really, Marvel actually really bad offered, time. Yeah, they mm. offered the rights to nearly every one of their characters for just stupid low prices, but the only one that Sony was interested in was Peter Parker. Hmm. Kind of a... Okay. Somebody's kicking themselves nowadays, but... Well, I don't know. I think it might have worked out for everybody in the long run, but... Eh. The fact remains, you get to take a guess. Okay, tell, tell me again. $10 million? $7 million or $14 million. How well, much do you think they paid for the Spider-Man? I know, like I said, they Marvel was selling everything off, you know, fire sale. But that was also the only one that Sony wanted. Sony's like, bring me pictures of Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I'll bring you pictures of Spider-Man. So, said the Sony execs. Okay, $10 million, $7 million, $14 million. Not a wide gap. Yeah, no, no. If you're rich, but <laughs> 10, yeah. 7, or 14. Well, considering how much it made, you know. I'll go middle of the road and go 10. 10, 10 million. Final answer, sir? Sure. Okay. 7 million. That gum. Some people just pay that for a piece of property now. About to say, geez. And they got the Spider Man. Wow. For seven million. <laughs> wow. With great power comes a low purchase point. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> to wow. think somebody made a good deal writing that check. And you know, there probably was somebody sitting in the office at Sony being like, no, we can't spend this kind of money on this. Like, no way. There's somebody in the back going, buy Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, no joke. They're like, shut up, Donnie. <laughs> You're out of your element. <laughs> Seven million dollars oh, wow. for Spider-Man. That's hard to believe, man. But well, well, you know, hey, it was tough times for Marvel. That's true. Comic books were going nose diving in the nineties. That's 90s. true, especially Marvel's comics. Yeah. Mm. So well. there, and then now we have all the wonderful content that we have today. Mm-hmm. Very true. So, yeah. and every couple of years we get scared they're going to take Tom Holland away from us, but. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We've been scared about the last couple of Spider-Man too. You know, been scared about all the Spider-Man. Look how, look how that happened. <laughs> look how that worked out. The Tobey Maguire back joke was hilarious. Hmm. That was one of my favorite parts of that whole film. Anyway, not to grind it too long, but I'm going to kind of sum this up with my thoughts on it. Okay. okay. I don't think nerd culture's dead. No. I don't think it's over. No. I think it's just evolving. And everybody that can't let go of that evolution needs to kind of take a reality check. Well, you know what I'll say to that is... It's like anything I, else. If we were skateboarding back before it was, you know, when it was a niche thing in California, and then it caught on, anytime you lose that um, closeness to something that you've had to fight for, you True. get very resentful about it. Yeah. When you think about, you know, you were made fun of for so long for something that you just yeah. enjoyed, that you just liked, that you just liked. And we have to know? understand, nerd geek culture was never ours. It was the wider ours. But I do think the cool thing is now you don't have um, bullying over it. Um, well, it's gotten to a point to where there are so many other things like cosplaying, LARPing, stuff like that. That, I mean, I just remember here mm-hmm. not too mm-hmm. long ago, like, people would be like, what? Like, really? You go out and dress up like some character and go on a field and fake fight? Like, what, what is wrong with you? And it's like, 
Well, why are you going to knock that guy or girl or whoever for, for enjoying that? Like, if that's what they want to do on their Saturday, that's what they enjoy. Uh, is why can't he knock you for sitting here doing fantasy football? Exactly. You know, or yeah. uh, because you sit in your room and uh, play guitar to learn, you know, three scales one weekend. Or, you know, I mean, like. Yeah, it's all about invested time. Yeah. What are so, you into? What's worth your free time? Yeah. So it's not right to, to knock anybody. So I do think at least now things have gotten more acceptable with a lot of that kind of stuff. And I've always really wanted to do some cosplaying and LARPing. <laughs> I've always thought it'd be I really think it'd fun. be a ball. Yeah, I've always thought it'd be cool. And this is coming from someone that's been a huge fan of so many different things for so many different years. As far as video games and comics and movies and stuff like that. So, yeah, I, I think if nothing else, people, yeah, maybe don't be so defensive about it. But, yeah, accept the fact that things are more acceptable now. And, hey, you know what? Go and give it a shot on a weekend. Like, you want to you know, try something new. Go and check it out. We get we went more to... awesome stuff now because it's all of this has become so big. Yeah. That it, it's just accept that it's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You fought for the right thing. Like it's it's cool now. Yeah. Fight's over. You know, you, t- yeah. you don't have to be defensive about enjoying it still the is, things you enjoy. It still is nice though when somebody comes to you and they're like, Hey, who is this character? Where do they come from? What's going on with it? And you get to kind of stand on your soapbox and go, well, let me tell you exactly. And you get to go into it. But you know what? I have noticed over the last couple of years, people will listen to me talk about it a little bit longer than what they used to. <laughs> <laughs> with great power. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway, on that note, um, yeah, I think that might be a good way to end this one. I think so. Sorry, guys, that we uh, we have been taking a couple of breaks here with this. Yep, life gets uh, wild sometimes yeah, when you got small to, children. We're trying yeah. to get back onto the onto the same path but, where we do it regularly. So uh, we please damn bear sure with us. Appreciate y'all sticking with us. Yes. So if you like what you're hearing, be sure to leave us a comment in the comment section and let us know what topics you would like for future episodes. And please be sure to hit that subscribe button so you get updated on all the upcoming episodes of the Random Men. Until next time, I'm Kenny. I'm Keith. And remember. Nerd ain't a bad word anymore.